Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. I had an opportunity two years ago for my wife and my 25th anniversary to go anywhere in the world I wanted to go that we talked about it. We said, we're going to do something special. For 25 years, my wife and I had never been on a vacation without our children. And we said, we want to go someplace, uh, someplace nice. And, and so we thought about it, and, and part of it was, oh, do maybe go to Mexico, maybe go to Hawaii. And I just told her, I said, I don't want to go someplace where we're just going to the beach or something like that. I don't want to do that. I want to do something kind of cool and, and something that will be really special. And so we talked about, and she said, if you could go anywhere in the world where, where you would want to go, where do you want to go? And I said, well, I think it's because of maybe all the history I've taken in, in my career uh, in, in college and at the seminary, that to me, I, I, want, I would want to go somewhere in the, the Mediterranean area, and specifically, I want to go to Italy. And so if you are asking me what I want to do, I want to go to Venice, I want to go to Florence, I want to go to Rome, and I want to go to the Amalfi Coast. That's what I want to do. And she said, okay. <laughs> so we did it. And so the, but, but even in the midst of all of that, of the one place, that in the midst of all of that, the question is, where is the place that, that you want to go? And I said, I, I want to go, I want to go to Rome. And when I go to Rome, the one place I want to visit is the Sistine Chapel. That, to me, is the one. And, and so we did. We, we spent money to get a, a tour to go directly taken in there so we wouldn't have to wait or anything like that. And I had this opportunity to go to the Sistine Chapel. And, and if you've never seen it, this is what the Sistine Chapel looks like. Now, that's not what it looked like when I went Imagine it with a thousand people in it. That's what it looked like when I went in it. So it was a little cramped. But anyways, as we went there, it, it's the, the, it is just an unbelievably beautiful chapel. And one of the things about it that you'll notice is there are paintings everywhere. And those paintings, all of them that are in there, are a summary of the Bible. It's really a, a picture book of all the Bible stories. And there are two things on there that I want to talk about today. One of them is the ceiling. And the ceiling was painted by Michelangelo. And the other part that he painted was the Last Judgment. And so if you, if you were to go up there and you were to look at the ceiling, uh, one of the first, the center piece that you would see is this. And that is creation. And, and God creating Adam. But then even in the midst of that, if you go, there's the next one. This painting and this picture right here, nothing better to me describes my life and your life. This is it. This is it. When you want to know what your life is all about, it's your hand and God's hand touching. It is what he wants desperately for you to have this, this relationship and, and this closeness. And this is the center of the ceiling of this chapel and all of the rest, all of the other paintings that go and describe all of the other things in the Bible 
are, are the things that are happening to make this possible for your life. So in the midst of this, Michelangelo does this, and and it took him a long time. The ceiling took him over four years, and then when he did the Last Judgment, it took him about four or five years as well. And so one of the things that that you might not know is that uh, Michelangelo did something that was a little bit, I don't know, I don't know if I call it self-centered or what, but one of the things he did was he painted himself in it twice. Two times. Two times Michelangelo painted himself in in the painting. And this is what the first one looked like. This is the prophet Jeremiah, which also is a self-portrait of Michelangelo of himself. And I want you to, to, to leave that up there for a little while because I've stared at this picture a long time. And so the, the reason why I, I do this is because if you were to pick a Bible character that you would paint yourself into the story of, of God's creation and, and God's salvation of the world, would you really go with Jeremiah? I, I see myself as more of a King David. It said that he was kind of short and handsome. <laughs> I got half of that. But, but so you may be someone a little more, uh, I don't know, maybe Moses, maybe someone like that, maybe one of the disciples. But, but Michelangelo painted himself in this. And, and Jeremiah, in case you don't know, is called the weeping prophet, the sad prophet. One of the books that he wrote is not just the book of Jeremiah, but he also wrote the next one, which is called lamentations, which are songs of lament. And so in this, we see a misery that Jeremiah is sharing his misery with us in this, in this, it's not even a painting on the ceiling, it's a fresco, which means it's painted as you have plaster, and as the plaster is wet, he would paint before it dried, and that's how he did it over years and years. And as you continue to look at this picture and you say, Jeremiah, Michelangelo, why this misery? There are a number of reasons why. Number one is this, is if you don't know this about Michelangelo, he didn't like to paint. He was unbelievable at painting. And actually, one painting of his is now is in Florence that is actually being used and, and, and is hung up. It's the one painting that is on display that he's done. And the reason why is Michelangelo was so gifted that he's like, painting is just too easy for me. It would be like you going with crayons with a kindergartner where I've, you feel like you're so far advanced, or maybe I'm not, but he was, that he was so far advanced in painting that he didn't like to do it. What he loved to do was to sculpt. And the reason why is he felt like the, the painting restricted him because it was flat. But when he got to sculpting, it made it 3D and it made it come to life. And so that was the medium that he liked to use. But when you live at the time of Michelangelo and the Pope comes and tells you I want you to do a fresco of the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. You know what you do? 
you do the ceiling fresco of the Sistine Chapel. And, and in some ways, Michelangelo felt that that was like four or five years of his life that were lost. And then, as if that weren't bad enough, good news, Michelangelo, we love it. And so a number of years later, another pope came and said, we want you to do another painting there, another fresco, and we want you to do the Last Judgment. And again, because he was so meticulous, it took him, this took him five or six years to do. Five or six years of his life that were now lost as he's doing this. And so as he's showing this self, perhaps that's a reflection of Jeremiah as he thought about doing this project where it was, it was frustrating to him that he had to be doing this instead of what he wanted to. Or perhaps it was Michelangelo as he was trying to capture the essence of God and the Bible in a fresco, sitting there looking at himself and looking at what he had done and thinking to himself, I've failed. I've failed to capture the essence of God in this medium. And in that way, I think maybe that's what Jeremiah and Michelangelo and maybe myself have in common. As I come up here and I share God's word with you on some level, there's always this feeling that, that I could have said this, I could have said that. Did I make this point? Did it get through? Did I stand in the way of God and his word? Did, are the people there, were they cut to the heart by sin and were they comforted? Or did my shortcomings keep them from knowing who God truly is? That is the way that, that, that Jeremiah was. That is the way I am. I think that's the way Michelangelo was as well. And yet, in the midst of this, he is, he is painting, he's doing the fresco of the Sistine Chapel, which is, if you were to do the research on it, it it's considered one of, if not the most important pieces of art in the history of the world. So even in the midst of that, this is how Michelangelo chooses to show himself. And the other one, if, if you're going to be able to see it, this one's even worse. Because this one, who Michelangelo, he, do you see that? It's kind of gross. It's that skin that's hanging there on the last judgment. That was the other part of himself, that as he looked at himself because of his sin, and as he stood before God and he realized he was not righteous before God, he realized that's where he belonged in the last judgment apart from Christ. You can take the picture off now. But here's the deal. So why do I choose this on Mother's Day? Because I believe that many mothers want their children to be their Sistine Chapel. That I believe that many mothers, that if you were to ask them, what is your greatest contribution to society? What do you want it to be? If you were to narrow it down, what is your greatest work? They are going to say their children. And so, perhaps, and I've talked with many moms over the years, that in many ways you are like Michelangelo. That as you have had children with that first child, you've given up four, five, six years 
of your time as they've grown up, that stay-at-home moms as they've done that. Then maybe the second child comes, and you've done that. And so you know Michelangelo's pain. That as you look at that your, your contribution and what you are doing, you're saying this is very important, and this is the most important thing I'm going to be doing in the world. And yet at the same time, I have other things in life that I'm interested in as well. And in some ways, the Sistine Chapel became a little bit of an anchor that held Michelangelo from going where he truly wanted to go. And so where we go is to a Jeremiah-type place. That as we're sitting there, on the one hand, we can look at the masterpiece, but even the masterpiece, I guarantee you, if Michelangelo looked at it, he could tell you every flaw that was in it. I guarantee it. If you've ever done that, you know what that's like. If you've ever built anything, you know what it was like. And at the same time, it remains true that it's beautiful. And the contribution is amazing. And, and, and for all history. So that is what we are going to look at today, is how we harmonize these things, how we, how we live with, a, on the one hand, a Jeremiah spirit of, of, of misery and weeping and standing before God, but also realizing the wonderful things that God has done. The first thing we have there is just, this is the question. How do I reach a point in life where I can be thankful for the Lord's blessing and comfortable with my own shortcoming? I don't care if you're a mom or who you are. That is in the Christian life. This is it. These two realities where I'm blessed beyond belief and also realizing that, that, that we all have an itch that we cannot scratch in life. That, that believing that we have made it, that we have arrived, that we have finally completed the, 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 the perfect masterpiece that our life has pointed to. And so, what are the things that are going to stand in our way? Let's do the first blanks. I can be consumed. What are the things that eat you up, that keep you from doing this? I can be consumed, eaten up by the complexity of life, the enormity of life, that life becomes so overwhelming. And I think that happens when you go in, and and if you ever do get to see the Sistine Chapel, it is like a sensory overload to your eyes. It, it, there's just too much to see. In some ways, what you want to do is you just want to stop it. You just want to look at one piece at a time so you can just get a, a, a good view of it. But you can't. There's so much going on that it's almost impossible to get your arms around it as you're doing it. And life can be that way. That your life is full of so many frescoes, snapshots, whatever you want to call them, that it's hard to, to assemble them in some kind of order that you can look at and say, this is beautiful, this is good, this makes some sense. The next one, that can I be consumed up trying to figure out if I'm winning at life? What is the win even? What am I trying to do here? And especially as I do this with children and, and, and maybe a spouse and the rest of family and work and all of this balancing act that, that I don't even know what the win is. And as if that weren't enough, the next one, how others judge me. So not only do this, but I'm surrounded by critics who, who give me suggestions on how I can do a better job. Thank you, not necessary. 
And then the final one, how God judges me. And, and so in the midst of this, this is overwhelming. And this is what brings us to our Jeremiah knees. And now where we go is where we go where Jeremiah went. And we go to the book of Lamentations. Not necessarily my first choice for Mother's Day. The book of Lamentations. But in the middle of Lamentations is where we see words of hope. And the first words there are Lamentations 3, 21 to 23. I'm going to focus on the first line, but I'm going to read the whole thing. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Those other things, we're not consumed by him, we're not consumed, eaten up by any of those. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. In the blank, you can write, I have a playlist. I have a playlist of self-talk going on in my head, and I pick and choose what to play. I have a playlist, and I can pick and choose what to say. So the, the words we're looking at here are the beginning. Yet this I call to mind. This I call to mind is saying, I have this playlist. Now for, for those of you who are younger, maybe a great gift for mom might be Spotify. And, and you can tell her, mom, this is what a playlist is. And, and what you can do is you can get rid of your cassettes and get rid of your eight tracks and we can, and we can do a number of playlists for you, mom. And, and so these are some of, you know, my Spotify playlists. This is workout songs, okay? These are ones where I go to the gym, I just hit this one and it plays all these things and it pumps me up. This one is date night. And this is the one we play when uh, Tanya and I are going to have a date night. And, we can, and this one is dance music. And this one is, I don't know, whatever your playlists are, okay? So, so you understand, right? We have these playlists that we put in that are specifically geared towards the frame of mind that we want to be in. But on the side, I, I, this is something we've talked about before, but you need to write this on the side. It's not a fill-in. But write the words, events, events, self-talk, emotion, action. Again, it's events, self-talk, emotion, action. This is, this is how your brain works, okay? And there are events. Things happen in your life. The self-talk, otherwise known as playlist, then leads you to emotion, and usually what happens is the exact opposite thing works in our brains. Because you already have a playlist uh, that you put in or, or you push the button of in your life. There is one playlist I love playing called Dan is Not Appreciated. And that has a number of volumes to it. There is the crosswalk volume, there is the marriage volume, there is the home volume, there is, and, and those are the ones where I like to play, and, and what goes on, they're not songs, they're just things like, I do all the work around here and no one ever notices, and no one ever appreciates it, and I'm doing all this thing, and I'm carrying all the load, and, and, what, and what I love doing on this is hit repeat, because it just keeps going and going and going. Those are the playlists. Uh, another one of those playlists, Dan does all the work around here. Same, same volumes that it follows. 
But do you understand, those are the things we do when events happen in our life that we go into this frame of mind where we hit a playlist. And what God is saying is this, is you can choose what you want to have on that playlist. And instead, that we can have this, when when these events happened, to have a playlist you hit in your mind called, Jesus loves me. And if you want, you can put it on Spotify first. And you, and you can have one of my favorite ones I go to, It Is Well With My Soul. That's just one where when I'm, when I'm hurting, I go to that one, that one's good. Then I go to Matt Marr, uh, uh, he is risen from the dead, yeah, uh, he, he, uh, what's the name of the song? Um, because He Lives, thank you, Your Love Defends Me, uh, Amazing Grace, My Chains are, are Gone. I mean, all of these things, these are the literal playlists, but then I go to the playlists of God's Word. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave me. But when the kindness and love of Jesus our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things he has done, but because of his mercy. You can go to God so loved the world. You can go to Jeremiah. You can go to, I know the plans you have for me, plans to help me and not to harm me, plans to give me hope in a future. There, you can make a playlist in God's word that, that you couldn't listen to in one day. All of them with the same message. You are loved. You are forgiven. Don't underestimate that as you go through this, what are you putting in your brain when you hit play as as these things go round and round? We go on. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. So these are the same verses. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. In the blank, you can write, I camp out in God's judgment, but I live in God's love and compassion and faithfulness. Here's the deal. You can camp out places, people. And I can camp out in the Dan's not appreciated land. I can. I can go there and I can be sad, but that's not where I live. I can camp out in places where, Dan, you're a failure, you stink. Why is this all happening? Your your masterpiece is garbage. But that's not where I live. I live in in Jesus is my savior land. I live in the identity land that I, I am a child of God bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And you get to choose that too. That is what we do on a daily basis when we go back to God's word and we look at these promises and we say these promises trump my emotions. And that's the time when after we have events in life that the self-talk changes to God talk, to God's playlist, and we look at things the way that God looks at them in our lives. And we begin to see ourselves not through a masterpiece of our own making, but rather what Christ has made us as we see ourselves forgiven, as we see ourselves through Christ and his righteousness, not our own. The next words. I say to myself, "Ah, playlist, playlist. Whenever you hear those words, I say to myself, all of this is the same way. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. I say to myself, you know what I get? I never get anything. You know what I get? I get the Lord, and so do you. All of us get equal portions of this. All we could ever want through God. I say, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. In the blank you can write, the best part of being a child 
is that I get to spend time on a daily basis with my parent. The Lord is my portion. On Mother's Day, think about this. We could have some great Mother's Day gift, spa, massage, do nails, stuff like that, uh, all, all kinds of nice things. And, and that's called pampering mom, which is fine. But I'm guessing more than anything else, what mom wants from you today is to simply be around her, that, to just spend time. That's the best part. The best part is enjoying that relationship of, of being loved. And that is the best part of our relationship with God. And it starts on a daily basis of saying, God, you are my portion. You are the good part. Lamentations 3, verse 25. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Once again, this is on the playlist. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. In the blank, you can write, God's name reminds me of his track record of goodness and his desire to bless me. God's name reminds me of his track record of goodness and his desire to bless me. One of the things, I don't even know how we started doing it, was for everyone's birthday, uh, because our kids can't always be around, what we always do is everyone in our family tells a memory of that child at the birthday lunch or dinner. And so what we do then is we call every brother or sister who can't be there. And so it turns into this where we go down and we remember stories, maybe, and they usually turn into stories of stupid things I did as a dad, but they, and they made it through it though. But, but we go through and we remember the stories of, of all, and in each one there, because there's seven of us, so everyone always gets six stories about what they remember about their childhood or their birthday or what it was like to be their son, daughter, brother, or sister. And, and what happens is as you do that, that turns into the funnest part, the most fun part of, of the birthday is remembering the memories and how they were always there. My encouragement as you remember the name of God is to begin to establish the track record of God being there for you in his life. Do you have a list of times when you prayed to God and he came through? Do you have a list of all the things to thank God for knowing that he is the one who, who has brought these gifts to you? It's all part of it. The next words. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Understand this is another part of it. Is there's, there's times when it's good to simply wait in quiet. In the blank you can write, Making and finding quiet time with God helps me slow down and focus on his promises. You know who was really good at doing this? Jesus. Think about this. And I know this is the, this is the hardest one because you are busy. I get it. I'm busy too. It, it, it just is. That, that when you have all of these things on your plate, that it's easiest to take this part off the plate. And that is the quiet time with God. And the encouragement is, is so many times when, when Jesus went in there, what that did, making and finding quiet time with God is it kept him on track. 
It kept him on, now what is it exactly I'm trying to do with my life? Understanding, for him, it was always clear. It was about the cross. It was about the the, the forgiveness of sins. It was about being there. It was about rising three days later. It was about completing this plan of salvation. And as you look at it, this is, I think, maybe the most important part. And that is, I kind of mentioned it, all of us want to have our Sistine Chapel. We want to have what we're remembered by, our work of greatness that is known throughout history as being tremendous. And I'm telling you that unless your Sistine Chapel is having Jesus as your Savior and the Lord as your God, you are going to be disappointed and you are going to have a flawed you're going to have flaws in whatever it is. You're going to be disappointed. You're never going to meet the approval of others. You're always going to be in a, a situation of seeing the flaws and all the things you haven't done. And the way that you do that, like I say, is to begin to look differently. It, it comes from waiting quietly on the Lord, having the focus on, on him and what he has done. And the way that we do that on a daily basis is by making and finding quiet time with God and it helps me slow down and focus on his promises. The last verses we have here, and there's four of them, these verses came from mothers. There was an email sent out to uh, a number of mothers, not by me, uh, but it was from someone on our staff, just randomly chose 20 people that he knew that were moms and said, could you please send me your playlist. Can you, can you give me some verses that you go to as a mom that help you move forward uh, in what you do? And so what I did is I chose one that was from the Psalms, one that was from the Old Testament, just in general in the Old Testament, one that was gospel, and then one that was from the letters of the New Testament. And... I did that on purpose, and I I would encourage you to do the same. What I'm going to encourage you to do, every person here, is to have at least one go-to verse, one go-to chapter in each one of these. Start small with your playlist. When I started my Spotify, I had like six songs on it, and and I listened to them when I worked out, and then after a while, I'm like, these... These songs are getting old. I got to expand a little bit. And, and so I need to be thinking, in, I need to be listening in terms of what songs I want to put on this list. And so my ears are always open to songs that would be like, yeah, that'd be a great workout song. And, and so I'm going to get it and I'm going to keep it. Or this would be greater in, in that one. I, want, I don't want to lose that song. And these are ones where you don't want to lose a verse. And so the first thing I would encourage you to do is choose a favorite psalm. That, that you can read through. Sometimes you choose your favorite psalm and sometimes it chooses you. I'm just telling you that, that as you go through it. And the one I chose, Psalm 139, that one of the moms used, Psalm 139 is my, I hate to say favorite psalm, 
but I'm going to say it. It is. It is. It's the psalm I go to the most. Lord, you search me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You see my, my thoughts from afar. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. It goes on to say, where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I go to the depths, you're there. Even if I go to the far side of the sea, your right hand will hold me fast. If I go into the darkness and I say, surely the night will hide me. Even the darkness is light to you. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. These are the cliff notes, just so you know. But then at the end, this is after this whole psalm, this beautiful thing about how well God knows me. These are the verses at the end. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Oh, man beautiful psalm, beautiful verses, the, 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 the words of a mom, Lord, come and test me. Make sure my heart is right because if my heart's not right, everything else is gonna go south. The next one, Isaiah 40, verse 31. Psalm 40 starts out, another great chapter, if you're gonna pick an Old Testament chapter, starts out, comfort, comfort my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her her hard service has been accomplished and her sins have been paid for. That's the start of a good chapter. And later on, it, it says this, but, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Oh my goodness, can moms relate to that? I just need some strength today. I just need the energy of my children and to see and think that it comes from your God. The next words, uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, words of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You have an invitation from Jesus himself. Take, your, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Again, showing that the need and the desire for rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And then the final word, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. These are the words of the, apostles, the Apostle Paul when he says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That if I'm going to boast about my Sistine Chapel, it's not going to be about my fresco work. It's going to be about the God who forgives me for all my flaws and my deficiencies, and I will give praise and thanks to him. The final thing I want to talk about, and this is what we'll close with, is this. I think Michelangelo's biggest problem and Jeremiah's biggest problem and probably mom's is that they do their work in isolation. That, that I think in, in some ways, Michelangelo just had too much time to think as he was there on the ceiling by himself doing work that no one else could do. That Jeremiah felt like a loner as he tried to reach out to God's children with a message again and again. And, and, and it just left him feeling alone, isolated, and a failure. And so as you leave here today, I think probably the most important thing that you could do is to get a partner. 
And I'm not saying that partner is necessarily a spouse. But, and I'm saying that maybe what, what a mom needs, a young mom needs, is another young mom to talk to occasionally, to go out with coffee for, to go out with coffee with them maybe once every couple of weeks, maybe just once a month, maybe one, you know, mommy's day or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know what, what that looks like for you. But the encouragement, though, is this, is that what is going to bring in the healing is not just being able to share each other's misery, but be able to share each other's hope in Jesus Christ. There needs to be a part of this that points you back to Christ and, and the greatest part of your life, which is not your children. It's Jesus as your Savior. And it's not your spouse. It's Jesus as your Savior. It's not all your successes. It's Jesus as your Savior. And, and so as we do that, to continue to point each other in that direction as we go together, may God be with you as you do it. It is a wonderful journey to take. It, it, and that this journey of faith, it, it's a journey that is very personal. But remember, it was never meant to be taken alone. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for all the promises that you give us in Jesus Christ. Lord, there are times as we, we look at all the work we do, we just get, get our lives turned around a little bit and it leaves us by ourselves just with our own thoughts and our own self-talk and our own playlists that, that aren't, they're not only unhealthy, they're just, they, they actually direct us away from you. And so, Lord, help us to, to have your words in our hearts, in our minds, and on our lips. Uh, let us go back again and again to your promises and, and the joy that they give and the encouragement and, and how they remind us of who we are and where we're going and the purpose of serving you in our lives. Lord, please be with uh, mothers. They, they do carry an extra heavy load. They, they do. There's no two ways about it. And, and let them know first and foremost that they are loved by you. Uh, let them know that this, this work that they do is for you. And finally, Lord, give them the strength and community and, and the help they need as, as they do the work in love for you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. As you go here today, remember the Lord's mercies. They are new every morning. His kindness, his compassionate. And, and it's that playlist that we need to continue to hit every day. Uh, reminder as you go out today for mothers in that orange tent, there's a little gift for you. And as you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Lord, look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a great day.